And welcome to episode 107 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about lockdowns, health passports, the Biden laptop, and uh, some more about deepfakes. We talked about that a while back, and it is back in the news, but so is COVID. It is back in our little county here in the Chicago area. I mean, I guess, unfortunately, we are just outside of Crook County, where Chirac is. Because somehow, Chirac has been able to keep their numbers in the correct range where those of us out in the suburbs, I guess we just don't know what we're doing. So yeah, no more indoor dining out here. Uh, because we've gone over the 8% positivity rate, which I still do not understand why positivity rate is the number, why this is the metric why this is the bar we have to stay under because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, I know I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, but this positivity rate concept, I'm guessing this means if you want to keep your County open, your area open, the best thing to do is have all of the healthy people continue to go and get tested on a daily basis because this is the number They're using to shut things down. How many people out of everybody that went and got tested over a rolling period, usually it's a few days, a week, whatever it is, the amount of people getting tested in the case of Will County here in Illinois, if that goes over 8%, scary, bad, we have to shut everything down. Now, to me, that still seems like a really low number because who's getting tested if you're not sick? So even out of all of the sick people out there, only 8% are coming back positive. And we know there are a lot of false positives with this test. We know there's probably some money being made with the false positives because then you have to get tested again. And that's some more money for the people doing the tests. We know the hospitals are getting more money if they put you down as a COVID patient. So, I mean, no, nobody should ever question any of these numbers, but I don't understand the concept of the positivity rate because it all depends on how many tests are going on and who is getting tested rather than saying, hey, X amount of people tested positive and we have a county of this size, we should be worried. No, we're going based upon only the people that had gotten tests in that period. And how many of them are positive. And somehow, like I said, the south side of Chirac not having a problem. But out in the suburbs, yeah, I mean, it's running rampant, which makes little, if any, sense. But okay, no more indoor dining, no more gatherings over 25 people again, and uh, no room should have over 25% capacity. I don't even know who that's for, what that's for. I guess businesses that are still being allowed to be open, like shops and that, you're not supposed to have more than 25% of the capacity of that location currently at the location. So we'll keep an eye on this. I mean, I don't know. Is this all going to disappear the day after the presidential election? Is everything going to get all of a sudden better? Because we know the 
harping on Donald Trump about COVID. And as Bill O'Reilly has pointed out on many occasions, if Donald Trump loses in 2020, it is going to be because of COVID. So a lot of this stuff that you wouldn't think should be political, it kind of has to be at this point until it's proven not to be political. And I was kind of surprised on Bill O'Reilly's broadcast last night. He was talking about the vaccines and the amount of people that do not want to take the vaccines, which I understand that there's a lot of people who are rightfully skeptic about any and all vaccines. I mean, I'm not so much when it comes to the flu vaccine because I've been getting it for years, haven't had any problems. So me personally, I mean, I get it. Some people maybe do have problems with the vaccine. I listen to my personal doctor. If he says, hey, I think this is something you should be getting for whatever reason. I believe that he knows what he's doing. That's his job. And I don't believe he has any political reasons to uh, tell me to get a vaccine. We've talked politics. Uh, We agree about a vast majority of things. But I get it why people might not want this COVID vaccine right out of the box anyway. And O'Reilly was talking about the fact, well, yeah, nobody's going to force you to get a vaccine. And I'm not sure that's entirely true yet, because if Biden and Harris get in, they seem to be firmly in the camp that the government can force you to do a whole lot of different things, which is yet another reason not to vote for the Biden-Harris ticket. But beyond that, the concept is in O'Reilly's mind that, hey, okay, you're not going to be forced to get a vaccine, but once you do, they're going to give you a card. And we've heard about this on No Agenda and other sources, which is, well, you know, this whole new ecosystem, that's so great. Everybody has these phones and we have these devices and we can do contact tracing and we can tell where people are at every minute of every day because Ireland has just released a program. The uh, it's health called Health Passport Ireland. I mean, that sounds so good. Health Passport Ireland. So we know this is coming to the rest of the EU and probably what is going to be coming to the United States in one way, shape or form. And there's a little video that they put out for this. You know, it's great because you can get tested anytime you want to, which I think is a good thing. I mean, I'll go along with that. Get tested anytime you want to. I think everybody, if you're tired in the county like where we are here, things getting shut down because the positivity rate is too high. If you're feeling good today, go get tested. Tell everybody who's feeling good, go get tested. That way you can bring it under the 8% that they say is scary and people can get back to their lives. Because the one thing that seems quite obvious is that the death rate on this is way below what they were expecting. The hospitalization rate is not the big scary thing they were saying it was. But you have to watch out for the news because you're seeing things now like, ooh, hospitalizations jumped 100% this week. Well, yeah, there were there were five last week and there were 10 this week. I mean, yeah, that's doubling. But say you got, you know, a couple hundred thousand people in your county. Well, that's not really that big of a jump from five people to 10 people. I mean, yeah, it's data. I like data, but you have to understand 
how to interpret that data in a way that is logical. You have to understand how to put things in perspective. So with this health passport, Ireland, you can get tested anytime you want to, and it will show your COVID-19 status right there on your phone. So if you want to go into the movies, boom, there's your COVID status. You want to do anything, boom, there's your COVID status, and they'll show three easy-to-view colors. Green says your test is current and you're clean. (laughs) Yeah. It'll show red for, yeah, your test is current. Oh, not so good. You got the COVID. And it will show orange because we know COVID tests only last so long. You know how long COVID tests really last for? Like a day, not even. Because I could test negative for COVID and then go French kiss somebody that's got COVID-19 30 seconds later and boom, my test will be showing up differently probably in just a matter of a day or two. But it will send you a very, very good reminder when you need to get tested again. And of course, it's already built into the process that once a vaccination is available and you have been a good slave and you have taken the vaccination, that will also show up in this app. So this is what's going on in Ireland. This is what's going to be going on in the EU. And I think there's very little question that this is what's going to be going on in one way, shape or form in the United States. And you got to be asking yourself right now, are these smartphones really, really worth it? I mean, yeah, a lot of you are using it right now to listen to me, and I appreciate that. They have some great uses, but the tracking capabilities of these smartphones is only going to get more ingrained in society on a day-to-day basis. Using things like COVID-19 as the excuse, even though the reality of what's going on here with COVID-19 seems to be it is a flu-like illness that has a higher death rate, yes, but nowhere near the death rate of a lot of things that we're not tracking right now. I mean, a lot of them aren't something that you can easily uh, you know, transmit. You're not transmitting cancer if you have it. You're not transmitting heart disease and stuff like that, but way more people are dying of cancer. Way more people are dying of heart disease. And there's no question about it that COVID is changing the level of care for people who have other things because hospitals are geared up for a different thing. I just went to see my retinal specialist yesterday. And it's in a medical facility. It's connected to a hospital. His office is. So going in, you have to get your temperature check, which we all know is really not that great of a measure to decide whether somebody's got COVID or not. Because, I mean, I always come in at like 96 point something with those little forehead thermometers. Uh, The one day I went in to the office about four months ago, must have been the last time I went to go see him. And they're like, hey, you're cool like the Fonz. It's like, I mean, okay, I feel bad. This is your job to sit there and take the temperature of people that are coming in to the building. And then they give you a little card that says your temperature on it that nobody ever looks at again. But then I go into the office. Of course, everybody in the office is wearing masks and the devices that do the tests, at least the ones that take the certain one image of the eye, you have to smash your face up against the side of the machine. And I don't care who's wearing a mask. I mean, if the person before it had COVID, you might have a chance of picking it up there. 
but I get it. They wipe it down with the alcohol right in front of you, too, which is probably the best way to do it. I'm hoping they do it right after, you know, the last person, you know, they clear the room, they do the machines, bring the next person in and then just go through the dog and pony show of a little bit of an extra wiping down with the alcohol, because that makes sense. Because there's one thing that we've learned about COVID-19 throughout this whole thing. It is not a very tough virus. The last thing I read, which I mean, makes sense that your mouthwash, your Listerine, the spice with the alcohol in it, within just seconds, it kills any COVID that it comes in contact with. So, I mean, besides having good breath, it's probably not a bad idea to use the Listerine a couple times a day just to make sure even if you breathe the stuff in, it's in your mouth before it gets into the rest of your system. Boom, kill it. But the other thing that I was surprised, we knew from day one, it seems that washing your hands was a big deal, even though it seems the longer we get into this, the fewer and fewer, almost non-existent cases are showing up as something that was passed by touching something. Seems like a real rarity. With that said, we knew from day one that washing with soap and water deactivated the virus and made it so, hey, the virus is no longer going to infect you. They have just figured out, I don't know exactly how many tests they did with this or how they exactly figured this out, but I guess if you take a 1% solution of baby shampoo to water and use that to irrigate your sinuses, that is enough using 1% baby shampoo to the rest water will kill COVID-19. So it's not a very tough virus. There's some very simple things that you can do that will deactivate the virus to try to remain healthy. But there's no question about it. If you come into contact with somebody, and it's hard not to come in contact with my retinal surgeon because they have to look into your eyes. And to do so, they're touching you. They're within a foot or two of your face because that's how they use the little you know device to shine the really bright light into your eye like you're, you're about to be waterboarded or something like that to check your retina. So, yeah, there's a certain amount of risk involved in that. And I was supposed to have an appointment two weeks ago. And the night before, I didn't really feel bad, but I felt a little warm. So I took my temperature. And for me, it was like 99 and a half, which for me is high because I normally run like 97, way under 98 normally, it seems. So I didn't want to be that douchebag. I called up the next day. It's like, hey, yeah, I got to reschedule because I mean, I don't think it's anything and it wasn't. But due to that, you know, just that little fever, let's say I was having a problem with my retina. Thank God I was not and got a clean bill of health yesterday. Well, at least as clean as my retinal bill of health gets. And this is what is happening to people is that, hey, I can't get in to see my, you know, maybe cardiologist because I had a small fever the night before from whatever. And you miss a major issue and people are dying because they're not getting the health because of everything. The domino effect of COVID-19. We were told we had to do all this stuff to flatten the curve. Well, it seems the curve is flattened. It's time to start getting back, living a normal life. And everything comes with risk. Life comes with risk. I hate to tell you, nobody's getting out of this one alive. 
And it's a question of just how much of your life you're going to give up. I mean, I'm all for being cautious. I mean, I don't like to leave the house anyway. But the reality of the situation is any day that you walk out of your house, you might not be coming back. And I know that seems a little bit fatalistic, but the world is fatalistic. Enjoy it while you're here. Enjoy every minute. Enjoy every sandwich, as the late, great Warren Zevon said once he realized he had cancer. He used his remaining time to make one last album called The Wind, and I highly recommend checking that one out. It is some great, great music. But now don't enjoy life, I guess, like Joe Biden's kid. (laughs) I mean, Hunter Biden. Damn, man. The guy is uh, of questionable moral fortitude. I mean, let's just say that. And Joe's getting more angry and more angry anytime anybody asks him about it. Luckily for Joe, the mainstream media doesn't really want to ask him about his son's laptop. And the reality of this is they're going to go down the line. Biden's already doing it, saying, no, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, 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 what's it? Russian Russia. It's a Russian, uh, a conspiracy conspiracy. Is that what it is guys? Yeah. Russian, right. They, uh, were they, were they, the, were they, they're the rush Ruskies, right? Yeah. No, Joe. No. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan told reporters last night, Tuesday night that members of his, his staff have now confirmed the authenticity, at least of the series of emails that were released that were from biden or back and forth i guess i should say from biden and some foreign business people the uh, quote from jim jordan quote our staff has had numerous conversations which have independently confirmed for us that in fact these emails are real they're authentic now he said that in a trump campaign conference call with journalists uh you can take that i guess with a grain of salt, people will point to, well, it's Trump's people saying it. It's like, well, yeah, but you were buying it. Everything people were trying to sell about Trump and Russian collusion, which turned out all to be a bunch of hogwash. The Biden stuff, you'll notice Hunter Biden's disappeared. Hunter Biden has been nowhere to say, that's not my laptop. He's been nowhere to say, those aren't my emails. Joe Biden saying it's all just a big smear campaign, but not commenting on anything specific because nobody's asking Joe anything specific. And I don't know if Joe's mental state would allow him to comment on anything specifically. Chanel Ryan is a reunion of One American News reports that she and other reporters from One American News. I mean, again, a very conservative group of people reported seeing the images that were recovered from the Hunter Biden laptop hard drive. Says many of them are disturbing, and it appears that some should be quite actionable, as it appears to show the abuse of a minor. Of they believe from the United States. Now, some of the original reports showed the thought that Hunter Biden is shown in photos abusing 
Chinese girls, underage Chinese girls, allegedly. And it seems like maybe this is where this is going. And if so, this is going to be an even bigger scandal because the problem here is everybody wants to tell you that Donald Trump is a douchebag and a bloviator and a blowhard. And he is all of those things at times. But if Joe Biden has a kid that is so out of control that accidentally leaves a hard drive somewhere. And I mean, I guess we don't know how this hard drive wound up where it did. But we have a guy that is doing things that's being photographed and videotaped by foreign governments. You don't think the uh, Chinese governments are going to use that against Hunter Biden? You don't think they're going to use that against Joe Biden? Any government has this information. You don't think that puts the father of the guy in their pocket? Like, well, you know, Joe, we want you to do this. Or maybe we'll release these photos or this video of your derelict drug addled kid doing some really, really bad things. And I just have to point out if this was Trump's kid, what do you think the mainstream media would be doing? But what do we get? Because it's Biden's kid, we get crickets, we get nothing. We, we don't want to ask Joe about that. He's an old guy. We don't, want to, we don't want to make Joe upset. We don't want to get Joe mad. And some people have put some great clips together of Joe getting mad when people ask him these kind of questions. And I don't know how people think this guy has the ability to run the country. I don't even care what your political ideologies are. I don't think Joe has the mental capability to do the job at this point. And Joe, when you look into his past, has done a lot of questionable things himself when it comes down to crime, when it comes down to his treatment of minorities. I mean, Joe Biden's wife was on one of these talk shows the other day and was so, so empathetic that they're under a Joe Biden presidency, children would never be separated from their parents at the borders. You know, yet when Joe was vice president for eight years, that's exactly what happened. So, I mean, I don't know if Jill Biden is uh, blaming this all on Barack Obama. Maybe she thinks Obama's a bad guy. And if she does, oh, she's probably racist. That would make perfect sense, wouldn't it? That would have to be the only thing that could make sense. But this is where politics breaks down, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are hypocrites and douchebags on all sides of the aisle. The Hunter Biden thing, you have to be able to read uh, between the lines. And through the lines and up and down the lines. And you have to understand one, what answers are being given. Sure, you can take that, but also understand what answers are not being given, what questions are not being answered. Because, you know, if it was me and I was innocent of something, I'd want to answer every question, every which way to Sunday to clear my name. In this case, Joe, you think he'd want to be clearing his kid's name? But no, the only answer they're going to give from the Biden campaign is uh, this is a this is a Russian uh, smear campaign. It's like it's the only answer they have. It's the Russians did it. The Russians did it. I mean, I knew Putin was good, but I didn't know he was this good. We also had a, a Democratic lawmaker, and I don't remember her name because she was that stupid. I mean, I guess the stupidity of what she said made me stupid because I forgot her name. But said, we want to take this one step further from defunding the police 
to defunding the Pentagon. <laughs> yeah. Defunding the Pentagon. Because that makes sense. Because then we can take all of that money and we can put it into social programs and we can solve everything by defunding the Pentagon and putting all that money into social programs that would make everybody's lives better. You know, until the uh, Chinese, or I mean, the Russians probably invaded because once you don't have a, an army or a navy or any kind of military i mean nobody's going to attack you nobody's going to come over and take over your country no let's just get rid of all the police and all the military and let's just sit here i was gonna, i was gonna say with our uh, wangs out but uh, jeffrey tubin already beat me to that and uh i mean nobody wants that mental image but i mean let's just sit here without any kind of defenses whatsoever. And let's just believe in the world that nothing bad's going to happen to us. That seems to be what the Democrats believe right now is, you know, we don't need the police. No, I mean, somebody's chopping a family of six up with a butcher knife. I mean, send a psychologist. That's what he really needs. I mean, he didn't want to chop the family of 12 up. He just had a bad childhood. We can't put him in jail. Abolish the jails, abolish the police, abolish the Pentagon, abolish the military. I mean, if you guys want to live in that society, go make it somewhere else and let me know how it goes. I mean, you won't be able to because you will immediately be conquered and you will never be heard from again. But maybe that's the better way to go about it. Now, some of the stuff that's on the Biden laptop, I can see where it could possibly be planted. And this is the intriguing thing with technology now. Even though people want to believe it's real, I'm sure there's a lot of conservatives who want to believe everything that's on that laptop is real. I can't go that far because I've already warned you multiple times about deep fakes. And you can't believe what you see, you can't believe what you hear, and you definitely can't believe what you read. There is a bot going on now on Telegram, which is one of these, not social media, but it's one of these messenger type things that's supposed to be really private and all this. And it seems to be somewhat. We talked about it on the one show where we highly recommended talks over Telegram or anything like that. But there is a bot system, I guess, on Telegram now with over 100,000 users that is creating deep fake nudes of women. I mean, not of men. This is not an equal opportunity. I mean, I guess there's no need for that either. Nobody's really trying, clamoring to get a bunch of pictures of guys with their wangs hanging out. But I guess it's a popular thing that some guys want to be. Hey, you could take a picture of any woman and the thing will magically create. I mean, as good as AI can do it right now, a nude photo for you. Now, some I'm guessing are better than others. I mean, the reading the articles on this from a variety of sources from The Verge to the BBC, I like the ones that went the model of, uh, well, you know, we submitted like 20 photos all with the person's okay, of course, to see the results they would get. It's like, sure, this is now journalism. This is they can't ask Joe Biden. A simple question. Well, no, they can't. They can ask Joe the simple questions. The journalist can't ask Joe Biden any hard questions. And again, we're right back to Jeffrey Tubin. But they can submit photos to this bot 
and have it send back nude photos to them, you know, in the guise of journalism. But of course, they all pull the same thing, too, which is we're not going to name the bot, though, so as to not give it more people using it. Well, you're you're writing articles about it. That is letting people know it exists. So you're now you know, you're going to make us believe that people knowing something exists, but you're just not giving the name. But you're saying it's a bot on Telegram. I mean, that's going to be really, really hard to find. I mean, to be fair, I didn't go try to find it because that would mean I'd have to go into a Telegram account. And I really didn't want to do that because Telegram, again, I think is one of these things you need a phone number and all this stuff to set it up. Not really that interesting to me. Go back and listen to the random thoughts we did on deep fakes. This is nothing that much different, except this is now just a way of making it easier for somebody to access this kind of a thing. They're also using a freemium model, which I thought was also fantastic. And it seemed like maybe this was coming out of Russia. I mean, so I guess, you know, maybe if Biden wanted to blame Russia in this case, rightfully so. But for like a couple of bucks, you know, you'd get a few hundred photographs done without any watermarks or anything like that. But this is still something that also goes back to don't give your kids phones, explain to your children or anybody when it comes down to it, that any photo that you post online has the possibility of being used against you in a way that you do not like. Because as of right now, this kind of stuff is legal in a vast majority of the places, meaning, hey, if I take your picture and I put it through one of these filters and it comes back looking like you're naked and I post that to the Internet, perfectly legal, it seems, in every state except Virginia, who appears to be the first state to jump on this particular thing, making of fake images as part of their revenge porn law that they have. This is definitely a case of the technology changing way quicker than the laws can, way quicker than most politicians understand, most lawmakers understand. And it's up to you to keep your own image as safe as you can. And that means probably not posting thousands of images of yourself on any social network and putting that kind of stuff out there. Because that just gives the people that want to run it through these kind of filters way more material to work with. It's just like I said on Grumpy Old Ben's, the show I do with Ryan Bemrose when it came to the Hunter Biden thing. And he seemed most concerned about the fact that, oh, you brought this uh, laptop to somebody and they, they were douchebags and they gave this information out. It's like, no, no, see, that's not the problem. The problem is one, you should have never brought it in in the first place. Or two, if you have a hard drive filled with secrets, you might want to learn to use encryption. Veracrypt is not hard to use, no matter what Ryan Bemrose wants to tell you. Anybody that's even a simplistic Luddite type computer user can download the program and follow the simple instructions on how to set something up like a thumb drive that if you don't put the password in, just looks like a blank thumb drive. So if you leave that thumb drive laying around on your desk, somebody puts it in, it's going to go, hey, do you want to format this hard drive? And you just say no. And then you bring up Veracrypt, the program, and you point to that hard drive and you put your password in 
You can use key, you know, different types of key uh, files, stuff like that. Without that, nobody can see the information on your drive. If Hunter Biden would have only known that. But again, this is why you also have to question what's on the hard drive. I mean, it seems like people are verifying the emails, but we don't know if that covers every email. I mean, it would be easy to sneak an extra email in. Verifying photos, again, very hard to do because Photoshop has made it easy to manipulate these things quite easily. And now we have AI that's able to take the clothing off of nubile young females with just a push of a button. So understand that the photos, the emails, anything you're finding on these hard drives still has to be questionable. It seems like the people that know what they're doing have verified that this does seem to be a legitimate cache of information and not something put together totally as a bunch of fake. But yeah, I don't know if that's been totally proven one way or the other, because political, again, we know this has major political ramifications. So hopefully people that know what they're doing are looking at this, are able to fact check this in a way through other sources, through other people. When it comes to the emails, all it takes is having the person on the other side of this that is willing to flip on you or to be able to have some record of all this stuff coming through the ISPs and stuff like that. So the Hunter Biden laptop thing is going to be interesting to watch. Of course, if Biden wins the presidency, it really doesn't matter what Hunter was doing. He's going to get a presidential pardon, even if he was uh, allegedly diddling underage girls a la Jeffrey Epstein. But I guess we'll find out. That makes this whole big election cycle that much more fun. I mean, in sad news, the news that Rush Limbaugh's cancer is spreading is certainly not good for anybody that has enjoyed listening to Rush since he hit the airwaves in the late 80s. He almost single handedly built a conservative talk radio model that people will be trying to copy for years to come, including people like Michael Savage, who just posted an idiotic remark about it being the 15 minutes, worst 15 minutes of radio he'd ever heard with Rush crying. Michael Savage's words, not mine, about the latest cancer news. And Megan Kelly, who is now a podcaster, and I think officially so, because while she posted the S. T-F-U. We all know what that means. Her response to Michael Savage was, I think I speak for everybody when I say, shut the fuck up, you absolute douchebag. So, I mean, hey, Megan Kelly, I will send you out props for that one because Michael Savage was being a douchebag with those comments. And we wish Rush well. Cancer is no fun. My mom does have colon cancer. We talked about that, I believe, in the last episode. Going to be having surgery right before the election. I said, look, at least you'll be someplace where they can contain your blood pressure with the election. So that'll be good. They believe it's all localized. Things are good. But please send out some health karma, some good vibes, some thoughts and prayers to my mom to get through this. I mean, she's tough. She went to see the surgeon yesterday. And as you do, I mean, if you've been to a doctor that you're seeing for the first time, they give you that little sheet of paper and they're like, well, here, give us all this information. And one of the things that they asked was, well, have you had any previous surgeries? 
So she had like two minor surgeries like 20 years ago, like having her gallbladder out. She filled the thing out. She gave it back to the nurse. She sat down and she's like, oh, you know, I forgot. So she went back up to the, the nurse and said, you know, I forgot to put on there that I had a double bypass surgery. And the nurse is like, OK, no problem. When did you have that? And my mom said, well, August. She's like, well, August of what year? And she's like, no, no, August. <laughs> she's like, you just had it. Like, so this is I mean, I told her that was just badass that you've already totally forgotten here just a couple of weeks later that you had double bypass. So my, my dad had quadruple bypass like 20 years ago. My mom had double bypass. So I'm guessing at some point I'm going to have to have bypass, maybe. I mean, because I still eat red meat and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully it's not that bad. Because it seems like my mom didn't even remember she had double bypass. She was more worried about getting the colon, the cancer stuff taken care of, and rightfully so. And she had one hell of a heart surgeon. But it shows you how good the medical community has gotten with a lot of this stuff. Which just says to me, this COVID thing should just be a blip on the radar because the things that they can do in medicine is absolutely amazing. When you look back even a hundred or so years ago, I was watching an episode of Rawhide because I mean, current TV sucks. We've discussed this many a times. I was watching an episode of Rawhide, which was, I think, in the second season, which was all about vaccines. I'm thinking about doing a whole episode on that because it was very, very interesting something that seemed like it could have been taken right out of the news for today but they were going back to the uh, smallpox and cowpox thing right when the vaccines began for that kind of stuff and it was interesting to see how they pushed it out because a lot of it was the townsfolk were afraid of the vaccines they didn't want to get it but the you know the medical staff you know the country doctors thought it was a good idea so Maybe we need to delve into that a little bit more, but the medical stuff we could do today is absolutely amazing. I think we'll get a handle on it. If we can ever get the stuff non-politicized, I hate this stuff that we have a Dr. Fauci or a Dr. Burks. We should never have like one point person when it comes to this. There should always be, should be like the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, until Biden and Harris pack it, there should be a group of people that can deal as a learned body more than having to go by just what one person says. Because we know no matter who it is, doesn't matter if it's a politician, doesn't matter if it's one medical expert, it doesn't matter if it's one program or whatever it is, whatever job you do, you could probably benefit from having one or two other people who are professionals in the same field bounce things off of it just seems to make sense. But we wish Rush well. Hope he can beat this thing. Uh, but cancer, man, not good. Not good at all. But I'd like to thank everybody for coming along here on another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. I hope you enjoy the content we're providing you. And if you do, we work on the value for value model, which means, hey, if you got something out of this show, whatever that may be, you can give some value back by going to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com, clicking one of those little donate buttons using the QR code for Bitcoin or the P.O. Box address for snail mail. Any and all of those are appreciated. And with that said, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.